When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Welcome. Welcome to Sustainable Success. I hope everyone's having a great week. Uh, Today, we're going to have a a very special show. But before we start, we just want to let you know that um, if you're new to Sustainable Success, again, you can find us on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. And again, here on the Influencers Channel, and again, if uh, anybody has wants to call in today, you're more than welcome to at 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. Again, uh, this uh, show that we'll be uh, having today will be on demand later today that you can listen to as well. And before we start our show today, we do want to always mention our sponsors and that is Empowered Fathers in Action, EFA Movement. And again, this is an, a 501c3 organization dedicated to providing sustainable solutions to improve the father-son bonding process that will help build our future boys into future leaders in their homes, their communities, and their businesses. And again, we encourage you to check out Empowered Fathers in Action at www.efamovement.org. Again, that's www.efamovement.org and uh, feel free free to reach out and you can contact Davey Williams for more information. So today we're going to be discussing turning company events into profit machines and we have a special guest here today. Her name is Chrisley uh, Magna. She's a CMP, CMM and CTSM. I'll let her explain what those are. I know CMP is a certified meeting professional, but Christy is an award-winning expert and thought leader in the strategic events space. Organizations and executives who want to add value to their events hire Christy and her team strategic events. Christy's strategic planning process turns events into powerful sales tools that add measurable value to the bottom line, influence attendees' behavior, and bring marketing messages to life. In 2001, she founded Strategic Meetings and Events, which produces revenue-supporting corporate events worldwide. Christy is a nationally recognized, award-winning strategic planner, author, entrepreneur, speaker, coach, and an intellectual philanthropist. Without further ado, let's welcome Christy LaMagna to the show. Christy, how are you doing today? I'm super, Chris. Thank you. What a wonderful introduction. Thank you. You're welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you here. And I just love what you're doing with strategic meetings and events. Uh, You know, when I had an opportunity to learn more about, you know, that this is not just an event planning company, but you're doing so much more. And and I know you're going to be sharing today some wonderful things out of your new book that just came out recently, The Strategic Planning Guide for Event Professionals. And if, you, if uh, the people that are listening that are really serious about, you know, leveraging your events, get your hands on this book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and so forth. So uh, Christy's going to be talking a little bit more about that today. So so Christy, you wanted to, you know, kind of paint a, a picture for the audience, a little bit about, you know, the, you know, company events and how companies in, you know, currently up to this time usually approach events 
and the way they should be approaching it. Just wanted to kind of shed some insight from you, you know, your expertise on, you know, what companies, you know, are doing and what they should be doing going forward in terms of their strategies. Sure, Chris, thank you. So my imagination is everyone who's listening has been to an event, be it for their own corporation or for someone else's. And one of the things that is trending and very useful right now is people are talking about experiential events. So you go to the event and you have an experience, whether that's interacting with entertainment, whether or not that's um, a food station that has some kind of action to it. It's something that allows the attendees to engage with a part of the show so that they can say, I did more than sit in a chair and have someone speak to me. And that's a really wonderful step towards creating great events. But what's missing is if you leave an event and say, I had a fabulous time because we did that wonderful team building or, you know, charity component, that's great. And that created an experience. But the goal for an event should be influencing what your attendees feel, think, say, and do after the event. And of course, that behavior will lead them to the company's desired goals. So whether it's an external audience and you want them to think of your product differently, more often, quicker so that they purchase it, or an internal event so that your sales team, your employees, your marketing team behave in such a way that it will help you drive sales, Either way, everything you do should not just be about an experience on site because for you to leave and say, wow, that team building was fabulous, that really isn't why I spent the money for the event. And that's where most people's thought process ends is people had a great time. But that's, we don't have these events usually to provide an experience. It's to help achieve a goal, and the goal should be retaining customers, increasing customers, increasing mind share planning strategically will allow you to reach your goals and influence attendee behavior as well as giving them an experience. Wow, that's fabulous. And, you know, and talk a little bit about like, you know, the process, you know, you know, this is something that a lot of times I think companies, you know, go into this and they have an idea, but they really haven't really dug deep, you know, and this is where obviously your expertise comes in as a, as a strategist and really, looking at the strategy. Talk a little bit about the process of, you know, putting together, you know, these types of you know, events from a strategic viewpoint. Sure. Thank you. What happens now is when people say they want to host an event or they know that their annual sales meeting or user conference is coming up, they say, okay, well, where do you want to hold this? When are we hosting it? How much money do we have to spend? And we attack the logistics. And when the event is over, what you have is a checklist of to-dos that are done. But how is that different from a grocery list? It's a list of things, and you check them off. Well, that doesn't mean you've accomplished anything far-reaching other than I cross these things off my list. There is no long-term gain from that. When we plan strategically, the first question we ask is, how does this event align with the corporate's strategic goals? So if you think about what a board of directors or an executive board is going to set as a company's initiative for the upcoming year, this much profit, reduce churn by this much, and there are very specific goals and measurable goals. Every event that you produce should align with those goals, and every event should support one of those goals. Different events may support different objectives for that company. So what we do is we say, what 
specific goal or objective in your strategic plan is this event designed to pair with? And then what we say is, okay, if we know that this goal is designed to help us achieve a sales increase this year of 15%, if we're all agreed on that, what we do is we pause because in that moment, people then are about to, to jump into, okay, here's the content, and I as the CEO will say this, and you as the chief marketing officer will say this. And what happens is the event content is structured on what people want to say and what people think their audience needs to hear. But if you pause and say, we've agreed on our goals, and you then go to your target audience and say, what is it that you need to do your job better, to think of us in a different way, whatever the goal is, and you find out from your audience what they need to hear as opposed to what it is you want to say, it's amazing the difference between those two answers. So when you get that feedback and build your content around filling your audience's needs and you can get your audience closer to their goals, they will then help you achieve yours. So the big difference is approaching things with what is your strategic 25,000-foot objective for this event as it relates directly to the company? And then as we create our content, don't tell me what you want to say. Find out what I need to hear and deliver that. And that is the crux of how you change behavior and how you make events investments instead of expenditures. Mm. So important. I mean, it's like yeah, and shifting that mindset really, really important. Uh, absolutely. And and Christy, talk a little bit about. I mean, obviously, this is great for companies, but you know, what is there any particular size organizations that would benefit more than others incorporating more strategy, or can this apply across the board to any size organization, whether it's small, mid-size, or large? Chris, that's a great question. And what happens is sometimes people will dismiss this as, well, I work for a not-for-profit, so I'm not interested, you know, nothing I do has to do with sales, or we're only meeting with 25 people, so this doesn't apply to me. The thought is, if you are, you know, currency comes in two main forms, time or actual dollars. So if you are investing currency in a meeting, even if it's only 25 people who will be at this meeting, their time while they are at that meeting as opposed to doing whatever it is they get paid to do has a value. So if whatever you're discussing is important enough to bring people together, then strategy should apply. And if what you're gathering people to discuss is not important enough for strategy to apply, you shouldn't be holding the meeting because mm-hmm. <laughs> then there is no you know, definable goal or objective. So for a not-for-profit, you know, we look at things, when I say sales, a not-for-profit needs this because if you're looking to raise X amount of dollars, well, then there is a number associated with it. And when I then say, what does your audience want to hear from you? Translate that to your own situation because it's, we are looking to do a fundraiser and every year we do, let's say, a black tie gala. Now, for the sponsor of today's show, a black tie gala is wonderful, but what if you reached out to your constituents and they said, well, this is about fathers and sons, so why don't we do something on a Saturday afternoon and have a baseball fundraiser and everybody go out to a local game or we have a baseball tournament so that fathers and sons can actually spend the day together and the fundraiser ties directly back to what the organization supports. Mm. At which point, they've told you what they want and if you give them that, your attendance will conceptually increase and the dollars that you're trying to collect go up. 
this applies to not-for-profits, associations. It could be for, for a baby shower. You know, any group of people counts. So, you know, you want everybody in the world to come to your daughter's baby shower. Do you want to do a brunch? Do you want to do an afternoon? Do you want there to be alcohol? You know, do you want it at a restaurant? If you ask people what they want, they will tell you. And if you honor what they're suggesting and you give them what they want, they will in turn act in the, in the manner that you want. It's a, it's, an even, it's, it's a fairly even and easy exchange when you put it that way. So, yeah, so you stress that the importance that communication is so important up front and, you know, and an ability to really relate to them and listening to understand because in order to create that experience and then be able to kind of steer them in a direction where it not only obviously benefits them, but it obviously it's going to benefit you as well. It's got to go. It's got to be a win-win. Can, can you expand a little bit on the, on the communication process as, as a, a component of this strategy? Absolutely. There are, there are a couple pieces to keep in mind. There is one question whose answer governs all of human behavior, and I mean everything from brushing your teeth to writing a million-dollar check to a charity. And the question is, what's in it for me? And if you are the answer to that question for someone, what it is that you want is the behavior that they will adopt. So you may not want to go to dinner at your mother-in-law's tonight, but the only thing worse than going to dinner at your mother-in-law's is not going and having an argument with your spouse. So if you can find out what your audience needs and communicate the what's in it for them value, because when you think about it, I could do anything else, including sleep, instead of tuning into this radio show, watching that TV program, attending that event. So when you communicate with your audience and ask them what they want and then become the answer to what's in it for me, you will get them to tune in, attend, purchase, whatever that is. Now, what you also have to do is once they get there, give them content, obviously, that echoes what it is that they were asking for. And to follow up with that, when we think about marketing, if how many times have you heard a particular commercial or seen a particular print ad or seen a particular online ad? Marketers know that it takes, it used to be called the rule of seven, and now that's actually, uh, there's such a proliferation of, of messages that, that bombard us. But people need, on average, seven ex- pieces of exposure, instances of exposure to a message before they will be compelled to act. We know that when we market externally. When we plan our events, we bring in a speaker, we tell this audience once, and then everybody goes home. And when the behavior doesn't change, the CEO says, look, I spent X amount of dollars on this motivational speaker, and nobody's motivated, no behavior has changed. Well, this is the same audience that needs to be marketed to seven times before they change their behavior. Why, if you think they're in a ballroom and you tell them once, suddenly their brains act differently? So you have to create an internal, ongoing communication cycle if it's an internal audience. If it's an external audience, meaning your customers, your clients, you need to create a dedicated external communication system reinforcing the content that was at that meeting because until you touch them at least seven times, their behavior and their thinking will not change. So if you're going to hire a speaker, don't just hire them to speak once. Ask them for 12 pieces of content that you can send out to your audience every month to follow up on what their presentation is going to be on and make sure that if it was important enough to bring everyone together and to hire a speaker 
and or to have just any speaker doing the presentation, then that content should be reinforced and you have to communicate the importance of that content. You also need to be able to measure the ROI to make sure that that content is being absorbed. So three, six, nine, and 12 months after the event, you measure what was the most important thing that you took from this conference? How are you applying it to your job? And you continue to, to chart and track that so that you can adjust as needed. So the, the most important piece of the communication is continuity of it and making sure that it is directed specifically towards what your audience needs, not what you think they need or not what you want to say. And ultimately, it will save you money because the meetings will have that much more impact and they become sales tools. So when you're yeah, negotiating so- with the speaker before they sign, for you to say to me, I would like for you to be my keynote. I also need 12 pieces of snackable content that I can give my audience. Chances are that's, that's an easy ask and you will get that. and It will not cost you anything extra, but it's exponentially powerful and rewarding. I think that's so important because, like you said, in order to create that experience and then be able to, you know, from your end, be able to achieve the goals that you desire from creating, you, like you said, you have to have that all that information up front. You have to build that up before they, uh, they're at that event. And, and, it, and, and it's not just that after the event ends. I mean, there's other things like you talked about following up from, from there to really be able to see the return on investment because these can really be powerful sales tools uh, going forward. Um, you know, we have a couple minutes before the break, and I, we can always elaborate on this further after the break, Christy. But talk about how you know, this is such an important tool. I can see this for organizations uh, you know, as as a uh, working between sales and marketing, you know, if you if you have a marketing team and a sales team, sometimes they can be one, but sometimes they can be separate. Talk, just talk a little bit about why this is such such an important component uh, for you know someone that's in marketing and sales working together to really, you know, boost revenue. Absolutely. So. The event strategist is the one who's going to put this in motion, but the people, honestly, who get the biggest return on this are your marketing and sales executives because they are the people who have bottom-line accountability and usually very specific targets as to your sales need to go up this much or from a marketing perspective, we need to see sales increase by this percentage. So the event strategist is the person who is going to take the deliverables that your sales and marketing objectives have and create the tools and the vehicles to help them get those uh, numbers and achieve those goals. Events are the only three-dimensional embodiment of a company's marketing message. Everything else is a flat medium. And I'm going to say that again and and put it into context. If you have an A-list celebrity who, George Clooney, does Nespresso ads and George Clooney's commercials are funny, and as a female, I will tell you, he is wonderful to look at. And although it's memorable, that's a two-dimensional experience. And think about how much money George Clooney got paid to do that commercial. An event is a three-dimensional experience. So George Clooney on my TV screen is still not interactive and is still not something I can experience. An event is going to cost what I would imagine significantly less than it would to bring Mr. Clooney onto a TV set. And I can now have that experience, an experience that will change me and imprint on my behavior. So as you look at it from a cost perspective, what people are spending in marketing for a flat 
message versus a three-dimensional experiential product, events are that much more powerful. Uh, and then there's a whole section for sales, but we'll do that after yeah. break. Well, we could definitely talk about that. That is powerful. So, again, uh, you could listen to what Christy just shared again on demand. This is some powerful information. We'll be right back after break with some more important information uh, turning your company events into profit machines. We'll be right back. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to sustainable success. Well, welcome back. You're here with Christy Lamagna. She is uh, an expert when it comes to strategic event planning. Uh, she's also a, a best-selling author, uh, speaker in this area, works with organizations of all sizes. If you're just joining us, we're talking about turning company events into profit machines. And we really got a wealth of information from Christy as to the process to go about doing that in our first segment of the show. But again, if you're just joining us, you can listen to that on demand, which will be later today at 5 p.m. East Coast time. So, Christy, I wanted to get into a little bit from the sales side. Obviously, the sales is always the lifeblood of any organization 
or whether it doesn't matter how big they are. Talk a little bit about how planning strategically really helps to drive sales. Absolutely. And you are correct. Sales is the lifeblood of every company. And what happens traditionally is companies invest money in their sales team. They spend money on their events. And what I mean by that is they invest in their sales team in that um, I will come in as the CEO or the EVP of sales and go with you on sales calls and I will make sure that you have all the tools that you need and here are your marketing materials. And then what we do is we take those same people and we bring them to a sales meeting and we're not investing in them. We're simply spending money on an event and companies don't realize where the disconnect is. So what happens is events do not directly drive sales because if you think about it, putting salespeople into a ballroom or bringing your clients to an event, it's usually not a transactional experience. The sales happen afterwards. So what we say or what we have seen is that events accelerate support, shorten sales cycles. So what we do is we reach out to the lowest performers in an organization, some middle and some top tier performers and say to them, if you're at the lowest rung of the ladder, clearly you don't like being low man on the totem pole. What is it that is preventing you from, you know, achieving better results? And we find out from them. Middle performers, what does it take to move the middle? You're so close. How do we get you to the top tier? Top tier. What are the most important things you learned at last year's sales meeting? What are the most important things you were doing that you can attribute to your success? And you take a compilation, you look at all that information and you analyze it, and that's how you build your event content. And you may have different tracks for different people, and you may get you know, a, a wide variety of information, which is why then you allow people to pick the sessions that they sit in on, and it's easier to have a breakout where 400 people sit in a room and all hear the same message. But the truth is, you can't put five people at a dinner table and have them all want to eat the same thing for dinner or all have the same opinion on what they should watch for t- on TV after the dinner is over, why would you assume that putting 400 people in a room and giving them one message is somehow going to resonate with all of them? So strategically, you look at that content feedback and you say, okay, here are the six, five, or four different tracks that we need and we will create content for each of the the major segments and what those needs are. And that's how you invest in your sales team. And that's how you then accelerate the sales cycle because I may actually just need more training on how to use a product. And I need some more hands-on time with the product and some live demos. Whereas the middle folks are struggling because they need executives to come in at the final, at the final meeting to help with the close. And the top guys are sailing, but, they could probably sell a little bit better if they just had X. So the way you support your sales team and invest in your sales team is by creating a meeting that is going to give your major sales segments the content they need so that they can do their job better. Their job is selling. When you allow them to do their job better, you are going to increase your sales. Yeah, I find that this is a great way, like you said, to build synergy with the sales team. I mean, you know, a lot of times if you look at a sales force, depending upon the size of the company, obviously, you know, 80% or more of sales may be driven by 
20% or less of their top producers. And then the rest of it is just, you know, the people that are just doing the bare minimum or whatever they're doing here. But when you have an event like the, the right event with the right message and the right connection, it can build that synergy. So do you, something like this could absolutely not only increase performance with top performers, but also those people that also tend to just get by, that it gives them a little bit of more of an edge to uh, to follow through and, and make more sales on their end. Would that be correct? That's true. And if you, again, if you look at things strategically, we have talked about what are your company's strategic objectives and every event should trace back to a particular objective. Yep. So we've talked a lot about sales meetings, but think about now, to your point, the 80% that is you know, operating but hardly at maximum capacity. When you plan your incentive trip, and an incentive obviously is a trip that is designed to reward top performers. So what if, when you look at this, instead of we're going to send our top 10% of our salespeople to Maui, you look at this and say, okay, it's not necessarily going to be a dollar number. It's going to be an acceleration by percentage. If you increase your sales by 10%, whatever the number is, that motivates your all three tiers. And what it also does is if you think about an incentive trip, it is just as powerful a communication and motivational tool as any other meeting. And people will look at it and say, oh, you're going to Maui. You know, that's just a boondoggle. That's not true. If you are going to send people who have moved the needle by, again, for the point of this conversation, let's say 15%. So whatever my numbers were, they're up 15%. That is based on my growth, not because we've bought another company or our market has doubled for whatever reason. Your efforts brought your sales up by 15% or perhaps other parts of the company. You figure out what those goals are. What happens is when you take those people on that trip and you ask them again, what is it that you want from this trip? Salespeople in particular are very competitive and most of the time they, you know, they want you to show them the money that they also like to, to be recognized. So they may want a VIP treatment with the executive team and get to have a one-on-one breakfast with CEO or a VIP only with the top executives in the company. Whereas someone who's on the lower tier or the middle tier who qualified may not have had the money to go on a trip. So for them, being able to have an entire day free with their guest is incredibly important because this is the only fancy vacation they'll get that year. So what you do is by, again, giving people what they need and can be multiple things at one event, here are a couple other things that happen. I come back and I'm bragging about the trip and I see you and I say, oh, Chris, oh my gosh, remember when you and you're like, oh yeah, that was so funny. And someone else is listening and say, I want to know. Oh, you, you know, you had to be there. So it creates a little, you know, fear of missing out and I want to be there. And oh my gosh, that sounded wonderful. So it motivates the people around you who did not participate. And if you think about the spouses of the people who win this trip, for you to qualify, that means your spouse is eating dinner alone, is dealing with the fact that you're traveling. Is The spouse is also, or the partner, is yeah. also hugely invested in that process. So in inviting that spouse and giving that spouse something wonderful and announcing at this year's meeting where we're going next year, if you say to me while well, I'm in Maui that next year we're going to Bora Bora, I'm going to say to my partner, how is it that you had dinner with me three times this week? Get out there and take somebody to dinner from, you know, one of your clients because I want to go to Bora Bora. 
So now you've got the spouses and the partners on board. You've got all three levels of people who qualified getting what they need, want, and desire out of that incentive trip. And they are rewarded based on their performance. So the 80% may not become 20, but they will move up because if they can move their performance 15% a year, that is manageable and that is attainable. If I'm in the 80%, I'm never going to get to the 20%, so why would I work harder? So this, this is a strategic way to do that and to influence behavior, not just of the people who attended, but the spouses and partners who are at home and can make things difficult for that person, as well as for the people who didn't go. Because when you come back with a tan in February, and I'm, you know, you're living in New York City, I want to have a tan in February, and I want somebody to pay for that trip. Yep. So if a sales meeting is, be, excuse me, if an incentive is being looked at as a boondoggle, you're doing it wrong. And if you cancel a sales meeting or an incentive trip, guarantee you, if you do them correctly, you will lose more money than you will save because they are the most powerful tools you have at your disposal to engage with and and educate your attendees. So if you save half a million dollars by canceling your incentive trip, your sales that year will go down beyond that half a million dollars you saved. Yeah, it's so powerful. Like you said, it just creates this energy. And even if you bump up those 20, oh, the, the, peop, the people that are not only are producing less than 20%, even if you boost them a, a, just a couple percentage points, you know, collectively together, that's going to mm-hmm. raise the bar for company sales. And that's going to really be the difference maker. And that's so important. What I'd like to talk about, I think the audience would like to hear, uh, Christy, is always obviously a case study example, which really exemplifies this process. Talk, Give an example of how a company approached event, an event logistically versus from a strategic level? Sure. Um, and that's, that's a, a great question. And people ask all the time, you know, it sounds great, but does it really work? So my company, which you mentioned, Strategic Meetings Events, formed 17 years ago. And what we will do is go to a company and say, show us what, let us go to either this year's event as an attendee or as just a fly on the wall and see how it's run. Or tell us about your event if it's already transpired. And we're going to demonstrate to you the difference between planning logistically and planning strategically. And it's incredibly important that the logistics are executed, you know, flawlessly, but it's secondary. So from an incentive trip perspective, we've actually seen with, we had a client who said we used to do dinners with our sales team. And they blew off the dinners, and they were disgruntled, and we were very frustrated, so we'd canceled the dinners. So we went, and we're thinking, well, salespeople usually love the attaboys and usually love to FaceTime, so that's an interesting disconnect. So let's, let's dig a little deeper, reach out to the folks who had attended the trip the year prior. And what we found and the feedback that we got was, yes, they were invited to a dinner with their executives, but the executives all sat at one end of the table and talked to each other and ignored everybody else. And for you to invite me to a dinner to then ignore me is actually worse than if I wasn't invited at all. So you take a simple thing like that and say, let's make this adjustment. And the difference in the people who came, because in advance they got the invitation that said, you'll be dining with, and it will be you know fewer people. And word got out that it was going to be this executive and four people, and we just 
moved the executives around and did smaller, more intimate dinners. It was incredible how many people came to this trip and how many people showed up for those dinners. Conversely, we have had experiences where clients have overscheduled the attendees and the feedback has been, if I wanted to be out of my room for 18 hours a day at spending all this time with colleagues, I would have stayed in the office. So you brought me all the way to Maui and I had no time to spend with my spouse. So that's what, excuse me, why this trip is getting low ratings or I'm not even going because you're sending me to Maui and I'm not getting to spend any time with my partner. So that's a simple, easy fix from an incentive perspective. From a content perspective and from a, let's say, a sales meeting perspective, we've had clients, and I talk about this in my book, um, sales were down at a company and the executive team got together and said, it's because we need new software. It's taking too long for people to put orders in. We're not doing a great job tracking inventory. So instead of layoffs and instead of, a, you know, the beatings will continue until morale improves, what we're going to do is double down, invest a sizable amount of money in this software system and results will improve. The sales team sat at that meeting and the CEO comes out and he's very excited and says, here's what I'm going to do for you guys. And he's so excited. And the meeting bombed. The executives were basically said that the attendees were ungrateful and that this was an incredible waste. The salespeople said this was an incredible waste of their time. The planners were miserable because they worked so hard. Things were flawlessly executed and everybody left unhappy. And the consensus was meetings are a huge waste of time and money. And that one was. And what happened was a little investigating revealed that they didn't need a new software system and they didn't want a new software system and that the money that was being spent could have been spent to help them with what they did need, which was a very fixable problem, which was we need inventory locally. We're losing sales to competitors, not because we're not tracking the product, but because we cannot get it fast enough because it's all shipping from one place and we need repositories of inventory throughout the country. And the software system isn't going to help us at all. Well, had they used a strategic approach or had my company helping them, they would have gotten that information, would not have upgraded the software, wouldn't have lost all this time. They had a huge problem with customer churn. We could have solved all of that by planning strategically. So that's a million-dollar example of how planning strategically will save you money instead of cost you more money. Mm, that's so powerful. We have a we have a about a uh, about a less than a couple minutes before the break, but I wanted to talk. You know, like when it comes to planning strategically and you know versus logistically, talk about like where are some of the key players that you feel that have to be involved in that process. Again, I know bigger companies might require more people, but on you know, looking at organizations overall, who would be those individuals that would be involved in that process? Play an important that's a great role. question. Absolutely. So what happens is you get everyone who has bottom line responsibility for this event. So traditionally, event decisions are made at an executive level and that information trickles down to the planner. When you plan strategically, it's traditionally a CFO, the CEO, at least at the beginning, your chief marketing officer, your EVP of sales, and your master strategist, who at the moment is probably just an event planner 
because they're planning logistically, but the master strategist is the person who is going to take the sales goals, the marketing vision, marry them, and bring them to life. So your key stakeholders become your strategic vision team, and it's that group that makes the decisions for the event. And once we know what the content is supposed to be and we understand what the event goals are, the master strategist can run pretty much autonomously, but that master vision team or that that master strategy team, EVP of sales, CMO, CFO, and CEO, uh, as as they choose to, to show up, once they know the goals and sign off on the goals and the budget, you know, they're sometimes good to have but not always able to be there or need to have. So it becomes the, the, the trio of sales, marketing, and events, and those are the key people. Now, to your point, larger companies may need someone who's from compliance or, you know, they've got overseas offices. But the truth is, if that group yep. is getting involved in minutia, they're doing it wrong. That's not what they should be dealing with. Gotcha. Where are we having the dinner? What are you having for breakfast? You're wasting your time. That's not important. Leave it to the, to the planners, the strategists. Absolutely. Well, again, this is some great information. Uh, again, uh, those listening, hope you're taking notes. Uh, again, you can listen to this on demand. This is some important information that Christy is sharing here. Um, again, uh, we wanted, we're going to be learning more about Christy's book when we come back after break. Uh, again, uh, you're listening to the Sustainable Success Radio Show, and we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. 
Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. We're here with Christy Lamanga. She runs a company called Strategic Meetings and Events, and she just came out with her best-selling book here, The Strategic Planning Guide for Event Professionals. So again, this is how strategic events will ignite your career, transform your company, and elevate the entire meeting industry in general. So Christy, I wanted to you know talk a little bit about, you know this book just came out. Talk a little bit about uh, you know, what led you to come out with this book, why you felt it was the right time for this book to come out and point out some of the key, you know, chapters that people should be looking out for when they obtain this book on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Absolutely. Thank you. The book is an outcropping of, um, so I, I taught college, uh, strategic planning at a college level for 10 years. And the more you teach, the more you learn. And what I have found is throughout my career, uh, simultaneously to teaching, if I go to a networking event or I meet someone on a plane and they say to me, what do you do? And I say, I'm a master strategist. They don't know what that is. I plan events for a living. My company plans strategic events for a living. And they say, oh, you're a a party planner. Where have you been lately? Can Can you take me in your suitcase and bring me with you? And people imagine that what event planners do is exactly that. They plan parties. And someone will say to me, I plan my daughter's wedding. I'm thinking of becoming a professional planner. You have companies who have executive assistants who are planning their meetings. And what I, would, what I say to those people when, when a CEO or a marketing person will say to me, oh, we don't need your help because my admin does all this. And I say to them, would you let your admin cut your hair? And of course they would not. Said, so your hair grows back why would you let an admin plan a meeting that affects the lifeblood of your company, which is sales, but you wouldn't let them cut your hair, which is more important to you? And people don't look at it that way. So in working in corporate America and seeing that the message that I had when I shared it with my executive team and they embraced it, I was able to change the culture of an organization. My challenge was, well, now my work is done here. The industry is broken. So, you know, I, I can't keep quitting my job and starting over. So I created my own company and we are now able to share this message with multiple clients. That to me wasn't enough. So I started teaching and I realized I can only do this, you know, 60 people at a time. So I began a speaking career, which now allows me to touch thousands of people. And what's important is it's not just meeting planners, it's marketers and salespeople. And they are actually more of the audience that needs to hear this message because a planner can become a strategist. But if the executive team does not see the value in meetings, and the fact is every company has a Maserati or pick your favorite sports car and insert here, every company has one. Most companies use that vehicle like a Prius. No offense to a Prius. But it's there and you're not using it correctly. So I wrote the book 
realizing that I could touch sales executives, marketing executives, teach planners how to think strategically instead of logistically, but teach executives that you have this tool, you are underutilizing it, and it's right there. You're spending money on it anyway. Why wouldn't you throw it into high gear? So by teaching planners how to become strategists and sharing with executives why this makes a difference, I'm able to help multiple segments of the industry. And my goal is for much the way stewardesses transformed and became flight attendants, and now you have Linhor pilots, I'm trying to turn events from boondoggles at worst, wastes of money and time at best right now, into, as we were saying, you know, profit-making machines and turn planners from the equivalent of stewardesses to event strategists and then master strategists. So the book and the speaking and what Strategic Events does, I'm able to give this message and these tools to more people. And if you, if you find a solution to something, the, the power is in sharing that information, not having it, but giving it to other people. So that's what inspired the book and the speaking all over the world and has um, caused me to expand SME because the more clients we serve, the more powerful we can help companies turn their meetings and their marketing messages. No, absolutely. And I mean, and the book is very manageable. I mean, we're not talking like 200, 300 pages in today's world. We don't have time, but no, it's it's very digestible in terms of the length, you know. And it's something again that you're not going to read, you know, just once. You're gonna go, you're gonna use this as a reference guide. I mean, it's it's that's why it's a guide, and you're gonna have to go back and look at things over and over again. But it's just uh, it's got a wealth of information. It really does outline everything that you talked about from a strategic level. And so, talk a little bit about you know some of the key things here from the book. I, you know, I wanted to learn, I know about the, the industry and you did have a chapter on the, you know, the event industry as it is today. Talk a little bit about, you know, like we kind of alluded to it already, but kind of talk about where, where it was, where it is now and where you see it going. Sure. So although the, the book is absolutely easily digestible, it is a guide. What's important to emphasize is if a salesperson picks this up, that salesperson is going to read this book and come away with different ideas than the marketer, than the planner. So it's content that is going to be interpreted differently, all for the same strategic goal, but the event planner is going to look at it from, this is how I can change the way I think, and marketers and salespeople are going to say, this is how I can use events to help me achieve more dollars. And what that plays into is changing the industry, which again, um, Years ago, there were no such thing as planners. If you, you know, Generation X and above, if you said to someone, what do you want to be when you grow up? No one said an event planner because it wasn't a recognized profession. So it, it became a profession by traditionally women who in their organization stepped up and said, I will manage these logistics. I will take care of this. And it kind of was a grassroots we'll throw this together, and it then started to crystallize into, huh, I guess we really do need this, and the industry was born. The challenge with that is when you are a solution to a problem, there's not a lot of strategic thinking behind it. It's, let me put out this fire. And the industry, although it has expanded and it has grown, it has not matured enough to be considered a profession that 
should be licensed or that you actually need some training to, to execute. So again, an admin can do it because you planned your daughter's wedding, you can do it. So where we are right now is there are schools that actually teach planning, but they're focusing on logistics and they're teaching future planners to be just that, planners. They are not teaching prospective planners to be strategists. So we are going to continue to perpetuate the challenge of, I am just going to, as we said in the beginning, cross things off the list, which is no different than a grocery list. You haven't accomplished anything meaningful when you're done food shopping. So continuing to look at this from executing logistics flawlessly, we're continuing to miss the point. So where I see the industry going is my goal, and I talk about this in the book, is to have event strategy as not only a recognized profession and the difference in the word is important, but to have it be something that's licensed because one of the other chapters in the book is it talks about ethics. Hotels can throw all kinds of goodies someone's way to book at this hotel versus that one. It's unethical. But if you don't do this full time, you may not realize it's inappropriate to take an iPad for choosing Hotel X over Hotel Y. You've got planners who are in charge of millions of dollars if this isn't their full-time job, they don't know what they don't know. And there's money that's wasted. We, we worked with a client who had $10 million of event budget and had commissions coming to them for buying out all of Washington, D.C. for this huge conference. And the people running the event didn't know that the hotel should have paid them commission money. They left over a million dollars on the table. Wow. And it was too late. Yeah. So it's major dollars, not just that you can bring into your company, but that you can keep within your company if you hire a professional to do the work. So my goal is 10 years from now, again, you need a license to cut hair, but I don't need a license to run your $2 million sales meeting. So I would like for it to be a licensed profession that is only staffed with people who have the training, who see the strategy, and who have been vetted as understanding the power of events and who have made a pledge to honor and respect the dollars that go behind those events because it's an it's trillions of dollars that, that kids spent every year on events. It shouldn't be put in the hands of people who don't know how to do it. No, I agree with you. I mean, it, again, this is strategy. And anytime you have strategy, that means either we're trying to solve a problem, we're trying to make things more efficient, more productive. And of course, the bottom line is producing more revenue or profitability. And yeah, you can't have someone that's just, you know, putting together an event that you know, maybe knows how to like, you know, maybe they had experience putting a, a uh, family reunion together. That ain't going to be the same thing putting together okay. for a, a company. It doesn't matter what size. Okay. So I think it's so important. I think you're really setting the stage here of where this industry is going in terms of the strategy end, because it, it all comes back to strategy. You have to have a plan before you can execute. You can't just shoot from the hip, and that that's so important. Is there anything else from the book that you wanted to point out um, before? Because I did want to, uh, you know, in the ne- next minute or so, you know, talk about where people can find you. Any last uh, comments you want to make from your book? Um, the only other thing that I would say is that the book focuses on, you have to answer the question, what's in it for me? But the other really important thing when you're dealing with strategy is the other thing that you need to keep in mind all the time is it's not about you. So it's not about what you want. It's not about what you necessarily think people should hear. And it's not about what you prefer. 
It is about your target audience. And the best way to give them what's in it for them is to remember that it's not about you. And that is an incredibly difficult thing to do throughout the process because, of course, we all have opinions. And if I'm in charge, I'm going to pick what I tend to think is the right idea because my opinion is correct because it's mine. Well, that may be true for you, but you're planning for hundreds of people, sometimes thousands. So in order to be the answer to what's in it for me, you absolutely have to keep at the forefront of your mind that it is not about you. That's so true. So, Christy, this has been a wealth of information, and I am actually looking forward to me personally going back to listen to this again. We encourage the woes that are listening that have joined us either from the beginning or somewhere during the duration of the show to listen in on demand for the entirety of this show that will be recorded. And, of course, those that will be joining us later that usually come in and listen to the show after the fact. Christy, if you could just briefly, we have about a minute to go, if you could just let the listeners know where they can find you and what you're up to uh, since the book came out? Sure. I'm doing a tremendous amount of speaking and actually going into companies and teaching this one-on-one. I have a huge resource library, podcasts, all, all kinds of wonderful information at smeplanners.com. So S is in Sam, M, Mary, M, Mary, E, Edward, planners.com. On there, you can find a link to purchase the book on Amazon. You can learn more about my company and what we do and how we transform organizations into powerful sales tools. And where I'm speaking next, articles that I've written, it's, it's a huge repository of information about this topic. So much of what I'm trying to do is educate people. So the resources section is tons of free information for people to take advantage of. The book is on Amazon.com, and you can reach me through SMEplanners.com. Christy, thank you so much today for taking your time out of your busy schedule to join us again. Get your hands on the Strategic Planning Guide for Events Professionals at on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Again, we will also be posting this on the Facebook page, so uh, you'll have a link uh, to find Christy's book. And again, we uh, audience, we always appreciate you joining us each and every week to listen in to the great content that we have from our many great guests that share their expertise in the areas pertaining to sustainable success. We're wishing you a a prosperous rest of your week, and we will see you next Thursday. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.